and we're back. This life ain't for everybody. Brought to you again. Remember to enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Thank you so much to Jack Daniels, Lynchburg, Tennessee, sour mash whiskey. I love the idea of a cocktail. I know some people are like, why do you drink or should you drink? I think that everything in moderation, responsibility, but I don't think there's a finer thing in life than watching live music and having a cocktail. Put your red solo cup up in the air, rock it. We're coming back together at concerts, events. I was down in Panama City Beach, Florida for the Gulf Coast Jam and got to see people raising their arms again and listening to music. It felt so good. Today's podcast, we got a a freaking badass singer songwriter that I've seen in concert many times. I don't know if like, do I say that you were the lead singer of rascal flats, but you're not anymore, but it's Gary Lavox. How are you? My brother. <laughs> I'm good, bro. What's happening? Are you guys still together? Because here's why I ask. I was down in PCB and I was approached by this guy that was in the battle of the bands and his manager. And we started right. talking, we started rapping, you know, started, you know, having some common thread and they said that they were going to be playing Lake Tahoe, Nevada with Rascal Flats this month, like in like in 10 days from now. And I think that I just heard this morning that it's been canceled. Were you guys playing out here and are you still together? Yeah, we're not still together. No, but Lake Tahoe, the American Century Tournament, uh, Jonathan Thomas, the, the CEO of American Century, we've been a part of that, of the Tahoe Tournament for a long, long, long time. So what we do is that uh i think it's wednesday night what what happens is we do a a big karaoke thing so all the celebs are out there they play with us and our band you know and so they all get up brett bear and you know alfonso and steph curry and everybody and they play with us so they can do whatever they want to and then they win, you know, they win money and the whole thing. But it's kind of the highlight of the of the week. And so, uh, but we usually play that every, you know, every year. But uh, I wasn't going because it's always right here. It's always like right around my birthday. And so I'm always out of town. But, yeah, I, w- I was not going this year. But Jay and Joe Don were going. And, you know, I think the other thing, too, is that, I mean, you know, we didn't leave on bad terms or any of that stuff. And, it, you know, I didn't want to leave at all, to be honest. How it happened was Jodon actually came to us in September of uh, of 19 and was he just said, we got done with this Canadian run. And he was like, came in and just said, man, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to be home. I'm burnt, burnt out. And, uh, you know, I just want to, uh, you know, I just want to be home and then we were like uh, okay wow all right but you know when you're in a band you got to respect that and so i was just i just started planning on what i was going to do and so it's just you know it's time i don't know what'll happen down the road but yeah i mean i just i'm doing myself I'll, I'll always be the lead singer rascal flats and at all my shows i mean i'm doing you know i'll be doing all the flat stuff and uh you know i've got a, a new uh i've always wanted to do a gospel record so that gospel record's out now. It's called One on One. And uh, my single is called The Distance. And, you know, like when you come to one of my shows, it'll be, you know, I mean, it, it's the same exact band. I just have a different bass player and a different guitar player. So so are you going to announce a tour soon or are you already, are you already in the midst of that? Yeah, we are. Uh, 
we're just conf- we're just locking everything in right now, and then the tour will be uh, be announced here shortly. When you uh, are on stage, Gary Lavox, what is what's the feeling? Is it almost as like running out of a tunnel at a Crimson Tide football game. I know you're an Ohio State fan, so should I say a Buckeyes football game? I don't know if you're a fan, but I know that that's where you went to college. Um, is it like that? It is, is the adrenaline rush like that? I mean, you see, like, when I've been backstage at, like, uh, I've been up front at your shows, but I've never been backstage. But I've been backstage with, like, ZBB and, and several bands where they get in a huddle and they, they chant, they pray, they chant, they get fired up, right? And then it's like, mm-hmm. when they go on that stage, it's like, a, it's like that's what they're, they're delivering something that's going to put so much energy into that audience. How'd you feel when you're up there? Yeah, I mean, you know, really, it's like jumping out of an airplane every single day that you get to do that. And, you know, it's, I mean, that's our responsibility. We do the same thing. We get in there, we, we pray and then we, man, we, it's game time, you know, it's game time. It's game on. And these, you know, those fans that came there, they're, I mean, they paid their hard earned money. They could have done anything that they wanted to do, but they chose to spend their hard earned money to come see you play. So you better deliver, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's only right that you give it, leave it all out there every single time. You should sing and play like it's a lot because to, tomorrow's not never promised. So you need to leave it all out there. And those fans deserve everything that you got. Okay. Well, you just said that last sentence. Those fans deserve everything that you got. You don't often see. Like, I would know, like, a lot of people are probably going to say building lay off the Guns N' Roses shit. But Guns N' Roses was, like, everything to me. And then all of a sudden, they're gone. They're broken up. Axel's being a dick. Slash got pissed at Axel. Gilby Clark left after Izzy left, after Steven Adler was fired. All this shit, right? But then here they are 20 years later, 30 years later, they come back and have the second most profitable and revenue-driven tour in the history of music behind one of the Stones tours. They did almost a half a billion in two and a half or three years. Um, Yeah. Meaning that the fans want Axel, they want Slash, right? So yeah. when Joe Bond comes and says this, doesn't he owe it to the fans to at least do some shows? Like, don't you guys have a chance to sit down and be like, wait, we can we can name our price now. We're Rascal Flats. This many awards, this many Grammys, this many number ones, this many smash hits. Can't you just like compromise to keep giving the fans what they want and not say we're done? Because Nikki Six and and Vince Neil have done this like thirty times. They even signed a contract at one time saying, "I promise, this is our last tour. This is Motley Crue's farewell tour." And now they're going on tour again this year. They can't quit. Yeah. They can't quit. So right. don't you still owe it to the fans? Yeah, you know, I I think. There's two parts to it. You know, we, so once we had that discussion, you know, we decided we were like, okay, well, if this is it, then I guess we'll call it the farewell tour. Right. So we got on the farewell tour and that was scheduled for last year. So we had the things all booked. We, and we we're just going to celebrate 20 amazing years with our fans and all that. And then COVID hit. So COVID wiped out the entire farewell tour, which was, you know, horrible. So at that, you know, it's just kind of the way that it played out that, you know, so we're like, all right, well, since, you know, we haven't worked in a year and a half, you know, I, I mean, I, I spent that time in, in quarantine doing, you know, doing that, that my, my gospel record uh, called one-on-one and I've already I've already recorded my solo country record, which will come out in the fall. And I had 
the new Liam Neeson movie that just came out called The Ice Road. Uh, I had a song in there co- called We Got Fight that just came out last week. And uh, so I had all that going on last year. So, you know, I mean, I, I can only speak for me. Do I think the fans deserve it? Absolutely. But, you know, I'm I'm one third of, you know, uh, I mean, if they don't want to go do it, they don't want to go do it. You know, so I don't know. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's it's like that retirement still, you know, you think you want it, but then you're home and you're like, oh man, I'm craving it. Like Alabama, even Randy yeah. Owens is like coming back, you know, Alabama can't even sit idle and they're probably, I mean, Randy Owens has got to be in his mid sixties, right? Yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah. Like they can't even sit idle. So there's just, yeah. you guys have too much of a following and too many hits in my opinion. Obviously I can't tell y'all how to live, but like I've seen you guys at, you know, on like Harvey's Tahoe Amphitheater up at Lake Tahoe, Nevada, and the most beautiful setting yeah. ever for a concert. You guys tear it up. So I, I just, I just, I don't know. I think it's inevitable that you guys are going to be like, well, let's, but maybe not. Maybe the new Gary Lavox lineup will be enough for the band to be there. How fair is that to say? Is that an asshole safe statement for me to make, Gary Lavox? That do you, is the, was, are those two an instrumental part of Rascal Flatch? Yes, you're going to say yes. But if you have another band that, and you can still sing those hits, Maybe, maybe Rascal Flats turns into Gary Lavox. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, we'll see. Cause that's where it's at. <laughs> well, okay. So that leads me into a kind of a cool little transition here, Gary. What? Okay. When I go to stained came back last year at Aaron Lewis, I don't know. Are you friends with Aaron Lewis? I don't, do you know Aaron Lewis? Are you buddies with yeah. Aaron Lewis? Uh, not, not, not buddy, buddy, but yeah, I know him. Okay, so when you go there and he's when you, I see him live in, in acoustical or with the band and he does that Rascal Flats hit from two thousand eight, yeah. When you hear him do that, do you go, "Wow, that dude smashed that"? Because when he sings it, I'm like, "Holy shit!" When you sing it, I'm like, "Holy shit!" I love hearing that song. But again, that's kind of like when you go to an Aaron Lewis song, he sings all of the stained hits. And I don't know if that suffices the audience or what, or do they need to see that original lineup and that hard rock edge? I don't know because Aaron Lewis does all of their hits and the audience. I mean, he sells out a ton of shows every year with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you got to go do with, with, you know, I think, you know, hopefully it's enough, you know, in my situation, hopefully it's enough. I mean, when you're the, I mean, I've been the face of Rascal Flats and the voice of it for 20 years. And, you know, so, I mean, that's all they're going to get right now. I mean, Jay's got off doing his thing. Jodon's raising three kids and, you know, it's, it's me. So, <laughs> you know, but I, you know, I, I'm thankful I've got, you know, 18 number ones to sing and, you know, plus all my new music that I'm so excited about. So it, you know, it's, uh, I just, I can't wait to get back out there and, you know, hopefully Jay and Joe Don are happy with whatever they're doing. And, you know, everybody's just on the path that they want to be on. You mentioned, you mentioned celebrities. Um, talk to me a little bit about the talent of Jamie Foxx. First of all, you're friends with Jamie. You're good friends with Jamie Foxx. He's been on your albums. You've been on his albums. Um, when you watch Ray, and yeah. he w- he wins the Academy Award, the Oscar for his performance, you know, being Ray Charles in the in the movie. 
is he one of the most ungodliest talents you've ever seen with his ability to <laughs> laugh, his ability to act, his ability to, you know, be a comedian or, uh, you know, do the stuff that he did in In Living Color or, you know, to take on a serious role like he has so many times. Is he an amazing talent? He's he's probably one of the he's probably the, the mo- he is the most talented person I know, but he's probably one of the most talented. I mean, he's top four. You know, I think on the planet. I mean, cause just his uh, his gift is everything. You know, uh, I mean, he's just hilarious. He's just he's just he's that he's that guy. I mean, building seriously, dude. He could come in and. I, he'd, in five minutes, he'd be imitating you. He would have you down to, uh, like, I mean, it'd be, it, it's hilarious. He's just one of the, he, he's just a great actor, great musician, great singer, just, uh, and a what great about person, person, you know? What, how, what is yeah, he like? Why, why do you and t- why do you two become fast friends in jail so easily? Why does Jamie Foxx like you, and why do you like Jamie Foxx? Well, I'm a good kisser. <laughs> to be real honest uh, <laughs> that's something <laughs> fox weird. would have said <laughs> yeah right yeah 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 you know a long time ago man i i ended up uh i went out there and uh, was out in california i ended up living with jamie for a while and that's that's where that came and we're just you know we, we're just we're kind of the same you know i taught him everything he knows let's just get through it <laughs> yeah you're welcome fox <laughs> um do you have enough talents to get Jamie Foxx to come onto this podcast, Gary LaVox, and, and talk about what you just said? Yeah, he he's actually overseas doing a movie, but uh, I don't know if I got the power, but I can actually, yeah, I got pictures to guilt trip him into, I can blackmail him into doing it, for sure. So obviously you guys are close that you can talk like this. I freaking love it. Um, so what what is the kind of the the easiest way to describe rascal flats music and i'm going to get on with your with all of the new stuff here but i had to touch on like there's a song that i sent you a a texted you a video of at at my little thing here like i'm looking at your background i'm like holy shit i got a lot of work to do in life but you saw my little oasis when i sent you the video and i'm listening to a song fast cars and freedom which Uh is one of the coolest songs of our generation how does Thank this song come? How does this song come about? How do you feel when you lay it down the first time and hear that final production? How does a song like that take place, Gary Lavox? Does it? Does it? Does it? You do you get sold the song? Do you write the song? Do you co-write the song? I know your voice sounds incredible on it. The production is incredible on it. And then live, the song is probably my favorite song live by Rascal Flatts. How does that song come into existence? You know, this song, that song actually came, uh, a buddy of mine, Neil Thrasher and Wendell Mobley, we got together and we, it, it actually started with, uh, um, the open window actually had that down, 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 He actually had that. And then we kind of wrote the rest of, we wrote the whole entire song off of that intro part. That don't go go into that staring at you, taking off your makeup. Oh man, wondering why you even put it on. I know you think so. We did that's where it started, and the three of us wrote it. And then it was funny because after we we got the demo done, we kind of we listened to it together for the first time, uh, mixed, and we were like, 
Man, I think it's a smash, but is it just us because we wrote it? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So, anyway, it turned out to do some good stuff. It was four or five week number one, so it was good. Is it is it your most favorite part of your career, seeing that song, like when that song was finished and hearing it? It's, it's my favorite one you've ever done, but is can you pick a favorite? You know, I really can't. It, just because you cut every single song, every song you put on a record, you were at a, a – a place in your life you know what i mean it's hard to pick i I mean i you know broken road i think you know just because that song has you know been in such a huge part of people's biggest days of their life you know being married and all that they have a choice to pick whatever they want and they ended up you know picking broken road you know so and you know what's crazy about that building you're gonna you'll freak out about this so uh, Bless the Broken Road laid around Nashville for 11 years before it was cut by us. Hmm. People passed on that song for 11 years. How? And we, pa- and we passed on it on the record before. We were like, man, we got too many ballads, boom, and we passed on it. Wow. Isn't and that, how, how long does it stay at number one for? Oh, my gosh. Long time. I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, it's still on American Idol people are still doing it on The Voice they're doing it I mean overseas American Idol America's Got Talent Europe I mean it's Broken Road was huge huge yeah but a lot of it has to do with the way you laid it down when you hear somebody do it the bless the broken road Gary Lavox do you go uh do you start becoming a critic when you hear people karaoke and or covering your songs no, I, I don't. I just, I, I'm just so humbled by it, you know, that I'm just like, wow. And then, then you hear people like kill it. And then you're like, well, man, that, I should do that live. Cause they're teaching me some stuff. Like I didn't even think about doing that. That's cool. There's some real singers out there. Yeah. Well, speaking of that statement, real singers, who are you liking these days that are music row participants, meaning the four, the top 40 country guys, maybe not so much underground or just a songwriter, because I love a lot of that music. That's not really on the radio a bunch. I, I live and die by it, but I also yeah. have some guys that, that I do like hearing right now. Who, who are you liking right now? You know, uh, do you like you know, Morgan like, Wallen? Let's get it out of the way. Do you like Morgan stuff? I do. I do like Morgan stuff. Yeah. Me too. I do like Morgan stuff. Yeah, it's good. He's a man. He's a really good writer, and his delivery is good. You know, and uh, he'll he's gonna be he'll be back stronger than ever. And um, but you know, I, I there's so many. I love like uh, yeah, of course Stapleton. I love Stapleton stuff. Um, uh, Russell Dickerson like him yeah yeah do you like have you heard of this new cat named uh dylan carmichael no i haven't heard of i think you dig him he's a fan of yours he is the nephew of john michael and eddie montgomery and he oh, just cool. put, he just put out his first ep and uh or i mean his first lp and it's a uh he's got he's got some cool stuff on there i think you like it he's working with john party do you like john party Oh yeah, I love party. Yeah. yeah, I love party stuff. Are you buddies with party? I would think that you guys would be buddies. You know what? We we never run across each other. Really? Yeah, it's funny because everybody everybody's kind of like, 
in country music high school, here's this click. And then there's that click. And then here's this click. And then we got, yeah, I don't, we pass each other every now and then, but we're, we're not in the same click. Okay. So when you were in yeah. two, when you, when you're a band, 20 years, you just admitted you start in the early two thousands. Who's what click are you in in Rascal Flats? Who are you hanging with? Who are you touring with? Who do you become buddies with that, that we know? Uh, that's right. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people that I can name that were coming up at the same time, but who, who were you running with? We were running with, uh, Montgomery Gentry. Um, we were running with Blake Shelton. We were running with, uh, Toby Keith, kind of that group, you know? Is it a real click, Gary LaVox, to where you stay friends, where you could text Toby and be like, yo, I'm going to be in Oklahoma, I want to watch the horses run with you, or text Blake and say, I want to go kill a turkey with you on your ranch? Yeah, yeah, and I do that. That, That's why that that, that Gims buck and that that stag I got on the wall for Blake's place. That is so freaking cool. So how how does it make you feel – that I often wonder what it means to be friends with people's heroes. Do you look at them like that, or are they just a talent with a different skill set to where you look at somebody in the military and you pay them the utmost honor, and you might have a guy that's an unbelievable landscaper that you're just as good of buddies with that puts his heart and soul into what he does, and that's kind of how you look at singer-songwriters that you're friends with? Yeah, man. There's, yeah, everybody's got – you know, it's, it's, I care more about their heart than what they do and their character, you know? Uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's cool when, when it all, you know, when it all matches up, you know, cause there, there's some people that you look up to or that you, you know, coming out here, it's like, man, I'm just, I'm so inspired by your gift, your talent. And then they turn out to be, you know, a jerk off and <laughs> you're like, okay, well then, yeah, I, I'm not going to listen to more of your stuff really, you know? Is it usually want to mess with anyone? Is it usually ego that's that's causing them to be the jerk off? It's what it is. Ego and pride, man. Ego and pride. It, it, there's nothing uglier than ego, you know. And it's just it's crazy. We all do the same, you know. And and it's my world. We all do the same thing. Well, the outdoor world, you know. I mean, we're we're you know you, get, you guys hunt and you fish and you you're game keepers and you're you know, conservationist and it's what, what we do, you know, we're, we're on the same team. You know what I mean? The, the, you know, gr- I hope everybody has as much success as they can have, but you know, just, there's nothing uglier than, you know, there's nothing worse. And, there's nothing worse in the world than deer hunting and duck hunting drama. It, it's unbelievable. Like that with the, the shit that ego causes it, but but with 18 number one hits and all the awards, did you ever go through it, Gary? Did you ever have to say, whoa, and check your ego at the door and, and find your roots Absolutely. again? Absolutely, yeah. Because you, I, I mean, it's, you know, when you're in your 20s or whatever, I mean, it's it's hard when you start believing your own hype and you start, hit, you know, nothing you can, everything you do is right. Even though, you know what I mean? It, it's not, but it's what they're what you're hearing and you're doing this and you're selling out Wrigley Field and you're out selling Billy Joel and Elton John and you're opening for the Rolling Stones and you're got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame you just, I mean it's and it goes it, it's going so fast a thousand miles a minute that you just yeah it's it's hard not to but uh did I you think, do all you that know, stuff that you just named off mm-hmm. are you serious yeah. 
Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. We're the we're the first first country band in history to ever play Wrigley Field, and we 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 sold out Wrigley Field, and we we went in the night before to watch Elton John and Billy Joel, and then we were just sitting out there, just going, God, can, what are we doing here? I can't. Believe, <laughs> is this real? What are we doing here? He's singing I mean, Rocket. I, you're, he's singing Rocket Man. You got tears in your eyes and a beer in your hand, and you're like, "Holy shit, we're going to be up there tomorrow." Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then the Live Nation guys come in before we get ready to go on. And say, hey, man, just want to say congratulations. You know, history, and they're flying <clears throat> a Rascal Flats flag over Wrigley Field, and you know, during the whole thing. So, just want to tell you guys, outsold Elton John and Billy Joel. You know, just how do you how do you not go? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, how do you not? I don't. How do yeah, you not? I, know. Yeah, I mean, Billy tough. Joel, Billy Joel, and Elton John are arguably two of the best singers, songwriters, performers of all time. Yeah, of all yeah, time. You know, and you guys are yeah. right there with them. Um, what does it feel like to say that though? What's important to you? I know you have two little girls. You've been married for so long. This is not very common in a superstar's life anymore. 20, you were married in 1999. That means you've lasted over two decades with the same woman. Is this your root shining through of what really is important in the walk of fame and the star? You have it and it's there, but you can only look at that so many times to where you can, you can't look at your daughters and your wife enough. Does that sound fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, what you, what you, you know, music stuff is what I do, but family is who I am. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's what, what, I mean, (laughs) what good is it to just look at plaques on your walls or whatever, you know, when you got the greatest trophies on the planet, two of them you gave life to, and the the other one is the the one that you know God bless you with you know so that, that's the greatest. There's not a Grammy or a dollar or a star on any Hollywood or whatever walk of anything that compares to to that. You know, you meet your wife before you form Rascal Flats, correct? Or is it like right at the yeah. same time? No, before I just moved to town and I was singing backup for a. Uh, this guy named Michael English and um, I, bro, I was not looking to get hooked up at all. I'm like, look, I have nothing. I'm sleeping on a couch. You're you're <laughs> you know, you're, you're young though. Like you're in like late twenties when this happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I and I knew. I just were you know I met her at a show and I I knew. I was like. I met her July 4th, actually, July 4th of 98. I moved to town February of 98 to Nashville. I met her July 4th, and I saw her one time August 15th, and then I proposed in October. You're singing. Oh, you're, you're singing at a gospel event, right? And you're backstage. What is she doing backstage? Is she back? And does she do some hymns or something at this event? No, she, she was just walking with her mom to go to her seats. And we had done a TV show uh, on TBN. Michael and I did not saying something. And her mom actually, she was like, hey, aren't you the guy that sang with Michael English? And I was like, yeah, yes, ma'am. And she, we were talking. She's like, hey, this is, we started talking for a minute. She's like, hey, this is my daughter. And, and I was like, oh, <laughs> what's your name, baby? What's happening? What's your name is? 
yeah. Shit. And then she fell in love instantly, bro. Wasn't me. She fell in love instantly. So how does how do you get her number with her mom standing there? I mean, do you get creative uh, to get her away from her old lady or from her mom? Yeah. No. See, they you know they wanted to they they came to see Michael. So I'm like, hey, you guys want to see Michael English? You guys want to meet Michael? So I brought him up on the bus, and then I you know. We did the show, and I said, hey, after the show, I said, can we meet me out here again? And so we started talking and again, and uh, then I just asked her for a number. She's like, you're not going to call me. And I was like, I'll call you. Promise. I'll promise. So, like, yeah. so does she become she's like, a yeah, we'll see. Is she become a so career she, woman, or does she on, did she get to be on the road with you for all of the Rascal Flats tenure? Uh, no. I mean, no, because we, we, you know, once we got married and stuff, we, I was like, we talked about, I was like, let's, let's see, you know, let, let's try it. Cause I didn't know. I mean, I didn't have a record deal or anything. So I was like, look, I mean, I just moved here. I mean, I don't even know Nashville. I mean, I was so new, you know, I was like, look, let's, let's try after we got married. I was like, let's try to have kids early. So if I get a record deal, they won't know that I'm gone very much you know and if i don't they won't know it either way you know but if i do get a record deal you know maybe i'll have one hit or maybe i'll have no hits i don't know but let's just that way i'm not gone a bunch you know <laughs> well who knows that it was going to last 20 some years and but still how does going, it, how know? does what how does it start gary lavox do you do you get a record deal by yourself because of your voice or do you form, tell me about the early days of how this band forms. So I, yeah, I had a, there was a, a country artist back then named Myla Mason and she took me to uh, our producers who produced uh, our, our first few records, Mark Bright and Marty Williams. So yeah, they actually signed me as a solo artist. I came to town to be a solo artist. So Jay and I were playing in this little honky tonk in town called the Fiddle and Steel Guitar Bar. And um, so we were playing there. Mark and Marty had signed me. And then Jay said, hey, man, I thought we're and I, they were finding songs for me and looking and all that. And uh, so he said, hey, uh, he said, man, I thought we we're going to do a duo thing. And I was like, I didn't, I don't remember us talking about us doing a duo. He was like, yeah. I said, well, let me go in and talk to Mark and Marty. So went and talked to them. They're like, bring him in. So brought Jay in and we sang in his office. He was like, yeah, that's great, man. So next thing you know, we're playing. Our guitar player didn't show up at this honky tonk we were playing. And uh, he brought Jodon in and then it was so good. The harmonies are just incredible. Just blew me away, you know. So we talked to Joe and all about, hey, do you want to try to do a trio thing? It's like, yes. Yeah. So I went back in, talked to Mark and Marty, and they, we, uh, we went in and sang for them, and that was it. We got praying for daylight was the first song we recorded, and uh, to get help get us our record deal, and then it ended up being our first number one, first first single, and so we were one for one. We we're batting a thousand out the box. Unbelievable. How yeah, how does the name? come about we were sitting in that that bar and uh looking for a name because dude it's it was so horrible we we're called oklahoma and deuces <laughs> wild with three of us in it you know apparently <laughs> it, our public education worked out well so uh 
we just said, hey, if you guys got a cool idea for a band name, and a buddy of ours, Jelly Roll, came in there, and he was like, boys, I'll tell you what, we used to have a band back here in the 60s, the garage band. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, we were called Raskin Flats. He said, my God, that's y'all's name right there. We were like, well, what's it mean? He said, hell, I don't know what it means. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So we were like, all right, well, we'll try it. So we uh, we tried it, and uh, – there, there it was. It worked, I guess. Do you? How long does it take you to settle on that? Was it right there? Yeah, it was right there. We actually uh, signed a napkin, gave him five hundred bucks. Really? Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm not trying. I'm trying to look at the song list because there. I can't believe how many number ones are. I didn't know you had eighteen. But where, where does? the songwriting come in to where once you see the band, you hear the harmonies, you get the name, are you, you're there to be a solo artist, but are you there to be a songwriter first and foremost, and then uh, sing your songs? Or are you looking to sing whatever songs you can get sold to, or somebody's going to try to present a song to you? Or are you a writer from the beginning too? I was a writer from the beginning, but I, I just wanted to be an artist. I just wanted to be on stage. I just wanted to sing. I just wanted to, that was it. I, I think my, my truest gift is, my voice and just being able and, and singing and standing in front of people and watching their response. That's what I wanted to do from when I was a little kid, you know, standing there in the mirror, you know, in my bedroom with a goodie comb, you know, wearing it out. So that, that's what I wanted to do. But, um, you know, I just, you know, I loved, I love that part more than I do the, I love, I love it a lot more now crafting the songs and, uh, all of that, but you know, I just surrounded myself with great writers, and I just started learning and learning and learning. And I, I love the songwriting process so much more now. But you know, my I think I think God's platform for me, my truest platform, is to stand on that stage and deliver deliver a you know hope through song, and you know, and I think my voice is my weapon, you know. So before the Wrigley Field stuff happens and all the things that you just stated, give me like that oh shit moment, Gary Lavox of like no way this is happening. Was did Kenny Rogers call you out one night? Did did, did you did Bo Cephas call you up and say we I want you to do Country Boy Can Survive? What happens in in your career if you're like, wow, this I know the number one came fast, but was there like an oh shit moment where you met somebody you're like I can't believe this is really happening? Yeah, probably you know. Dolly Parton was one of those. Oh, You're kind of like, this is crazy. And Randy Travis, because Randy, man, his music, I mean, I, I grew up, we'd cut firewood all winter, you know, in Ohio. And as soon as we get out of school, we'd go and we'd be cutting firewood and, you know, have Randy Travis jamming on the tractor. And, you know, so when I met him, it was like that. And then we opened one time for Kenny Rogers in uh, Colorado. And it was like, uh oh is this is this real you know this is crazy i mean it's literally chad it's been dude it's been 21 years of just just scratching your head like what what like we you know like it just came out the you know august 25th you know the acms has given us the icon award you know i mean wow you can't dream that big. I ain't no icon. You know, it's just just crazy. I just 
I, I can't wrap my head around it because I, you know, it's funny because I, I wanted to sing, but I, you know, I mean, I thought I was okay with that, but I, you know, I've been a bow hunter and a hunter for my whole life. And I'm like, man, if this thing works, man, I'd buy me a little piece of ground. And I mean, it was like <laughs> singing provided my, you know what I mean? That's, uh... I never, never really thought it was going to work like that, but I'm like, see, gosh, if that works anyway, even if I'm just playing bars or clubs or honky tonks, I'm singing because I love that part of it. But man, I can buy new bows. I can buy shells. I can buy some dirt. I can get some buy lime i can fertilize you know yesterday i had the the starting third baseman of the atlanta braves on austin riley who's a buddy of mine and he said the same thing he goes man i i love baseball but man i was really just like i just want to be able to make enough to go back to mississippi and buy my 500 acres i could get my trail cameras up on and i can get my duck ponds built and another guy that i heard say something like that from back in the day i never heard him say this personally and i want to know your opinion of this artist if you have one gary lavox is from kentucky chris knight who's one of my favorite songwriters of all time but he said i just hoped he went into he went and worked with frank liddell and and, and put a record out in 1997 and he's said i just want to make a hundred thousand dollars to be able to go back to kentucky and buy a piece of land and live on it you know and <laughs> like he didn't know that he would have this career come out of like people would want him yeah. to keep writing songs do you do you know chris knight's work and are you a fan yeah i do and i am a fan and, uh, and frank too you know frank too uh it, but it's yeah i mean i i know exactly what he's saying because i'm like because you know it's different because you know you especially back then you say a hundred thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars was a million in 98 you know what i'm saying yeah so it's like man if i could get a hundred thousand i mean it's funny because the first song that i wrote here's the lyrics to the first song that i wrote i want to i want to uh i want a log cabin home on a 50 acre lot Surrounded by trees that surround the pole barn to give shade to the horses we bought. I want a three-acre lake, stock with bass and some big blue cat. It'll take a little green, but if you know what I mean, if you could, would you want it like that? Uh, you want to sit out on a pine wood deck and hear the crickets, uh, see, hear the turkeys and the whitetails sing. I mean, that was the first song that I ever wrote. Did you release it? No, I never even cut it. it was Dude, just that song that needs I... to be cut. Why don't you cut it uh, exclusively to be played on the Foul Life TV show on the Outdoor Channel, Gary LeBox? <laughs> no, right? Huh? I might do it. I oh, might that's, do it. Dude, I love that pole barn and that horse freaking line is sick. Yeah, and it's just, you know, but that shows her my heart, my songwriting thing was like, okay, got to see, let's see. Now, if I can get, if I keep doing this, and if I, if I get, Fifty, a hundred, five hundred thousand dollars. Gosh, I can buy. How much dirt can I buy? You're, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it, it wasn't like, hey, I want to have, I want to sell out Wrigley Field and play Madison Square Garden five times. You know, How it wasn't insane. that. How? Yeah, it was just, just be able to feed the, you know, feed the daggone, you know, flame inside of you about just hunting you know it's just there's nothing that, that's it that's that's it for me is it still that kind of balance of 
you want to be in the outdoors, but it's kind of the season to be touring when it's fishing season? Or did you have enough time through the last 20 years to kind of dictate what you could do? Like, like come the fall time, there's not as much touring going on per se, you know, you're, it's not summertime anymore in touring season. So were you hunting all the time, all the way through Rascal Flats and, and starting to develop these lands and all of that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they, they, so the spring they knew I, and, and from day one they knew. And so, and it was cool because, you know, they'd wear me, they'd work me to death in the summer, but I, they knew that I'm not working Turkey season and I'm not working the third from October one on, I'm not working until January 15th. So, yeah. And they were always cool. They were cool with it, but there was a few times I had to leave, you know, leave camp and like I had to go do Letterman or Leno or something. And I was just, you know, did not want to, but you know, for the most part, they were pretty cool with it, you know? So did you kind of do what Craig Morgan did on his TV show to where you would route some hunts around your tour also to where you'd maybe be up in Ohio or Kentucky or somewhere getting ready to play Paducah or Louisville and say, all right, I'm gonna get in the stand for a few hours. Oh yeah. And it's funny too. Yeah, I would do that. Absolutely. And it's funny because when shows would come in, they go, Hey Gary, there's a show. Da 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 you know, it's for this much at this theater, this place or arena or theater, whatever it is. I said, well, where is it? And they're like, well, it's in, it's in California. I was like, no, nah. if there's one in Illinois, holler at me. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> so the, the promoters sit there going, what the hell? I just offered you good yeah. money to come to Sacramento. And you're like, no, nah, man, there ain't no whitetails out there. And I'm not going to go chase a little blacktail out on the coast or whatever. Yeah, not on, yeah, not on November 17th. Yeah, no. not during the rut. Don't y'all know what that no. means to me? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Now, listen, if there's a, a barbecue place in Des Moines, Holler at me. I'll, I'll go play. <laughs> what? Where, where Where do you think is the top spot? Well, I don't know if that's worth talking about. I know, like, Kansas is amazing. You know, Pike County, Illinois, was the capital for a long time of yeah. big. It seems there's a lot of whitetail. That might have been hunted out. I don't know. But it seems like there's a lot of other areas in the country that are producing some mega, mega giants now, yeah? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know. Growing up in Ohio, Ohio used to be the little quiet spot, you know. Everybody knows about it now, but uh, yeah, I mean Ohio's cranking them out. Kentucky, you know, but that that whole, you know, Mississippi out by you know Natchez and all that cranking out some swamp donkeys too. Mississippi is. I saw one kill like a two seventeen kill in Louisiana last year. I didn't even know they had big white tail down there yeah huge not all that around giles island and all that so is it hard does tennessee have big deer and do you is it hard for you to leave your your oasis now like this is your this is your crib now right this is your land you develop it you grow big deer you have turkeys out the yin yang is it hard to leave there now do you get out of state much anymore you know it's it is hard um but no i i no i'll go I'll go to where they're at for sure. But the, you know, there's, it's, it's different. It's no, the, there's decent deer in Tennessee. Um, you know, just depending on where you're at, what part. And, uh, but you know, you just, you really gotta, you know, it's the whole management thing, you know, really got to manage it and lay off all the young deer and just do it right. And, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta take out, you know, make sure your buck to doe ratio is good. And, you know, got to make sure your genetics are right. And, you know, it's hard sometimes to shoot a two two or three-year-old, 
you know, that's got horrible genetics, but you, you know, cause you, you know, you're not supposed to, cause he's two or three, but genetically, you know, you're like, hey, he's got to go. Got to go. Was yeah. it a, was it a difficult part? Did, okay. Your love of your life that you met in 98 and married in 99 and been together ever since. Did she ever have an issue with all of this shit on your walls? No, no. Cause her, her, her dad was a, a big Turkey. She's from Alabama. And so Tara was like, I mean, she knew what I was about. I said, well, in, in the beginning too, I said, look, there's two things If this thing's going to work between you and I, there's two things you can't ask me to do. And one's to quit hunting and the other's to quit fishing. You could ask me to quit music, but you, can, <laughs> you can, don't ask me to quit hunting and fishing. I freaking love it. Do you, do you, reverting back to the music real quick, Gary, the Vox, what do you tell somebody that's trying to get the, the cojones, male or female? <clears throat> I guess in today's world, you shouldn't say it like that because that's a true statement. Let's say the guts to <laughs> everybody in their hometowns telling them, man, Gary, you can sing, boy. You ought to go to Nashville. It happens all the freaking time. You go to Nashville, it's nothing to go down Broadway on a freaking Tuesday afternoon and hear somebody that could be like, holy shit, that girl's voice is beautiful, yeah. right? Like the next Dolly Parton, maybe that's a little outreach, but at least maybe the next Gretchen Wilson. But what do you tell somebody? Is it's it's a big undertaking and a huge risk, right? To to pack up everything and say, I'm gonna go get a little apartment in Nashville and play Broadway and try to get noticed. Yeah, it is. You know, I, I think you gotta pray about it and really, you know, but I because I, I was the same way, you know, being in Ohio, I was just like, I don't even know how to get started, but you know, I could not I couldn't live with myself but with the what if thing. I could not, there's no way I could not do it that's just not the way i'm made so but i would tell everybody you know if, if you know country music is what you want to do then you need to move to nashville if it's pop and r&b and hip-hop then you need to go to new york or la you got to be where the music's at and you know you, you just have to you know if you're willing to to get in the grind and uh you know because it's the music the show business is not for the meek that's for sure so uh but you just you got to be willing to sacrifice absolutely everything to go get your dream. But it's there. It can it can be accomplished. It can be accomplished just because I'm living proof of it. You know. Do you have an issue at all with the statement you just made about hip hop, rock, New York, L.A., Sunset Strip, CBGB, the you know the Troubadour, and all of the badass rock venues or the hip hop scenes in Atlanta or New York and Nas and Eminem in Detroit? Like, does it bother you at all as a country quote unquote country music musician? Do you put yourself in that box? And does it bother you at all to see Florida Georgia Line having Nelly, who's a badass rapper and is a country boy from the St. Louis, Missouri area? But he's not country music. Does it bother Gary Lavox at all to see Jason Aldean be so rock and roll and not more country? Or do you say, hey, Rascal Flatts couldn't be put in a box either. We were pop. We were rock. We were this. We had no problem doing a gospel song. Or we would have had Nelly on one of our records if it presented itself. Yeah. Well, like we talked earlier, you know, we had, you know, had Jamie on our record, you know. Now, I think, you know, country music has been so great about opening its arms to everybody and saying, you know, for everybody to come in. And there's something I love it. I think it's great. I don't I think you get in a bad spot. I mean, there's already a George Jones and Alan Jackson, a George Strait. Uh, you, you can't have 50 people trying to sing like George Strait, Alan Jackson, Rascal Flatts. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that's already been set. It just gets stagnant at that point. 
you know, and so you have music is always evolving. It's always evolving and always evolving. And I think the great thing with country music is that it's been, like I said, it's open. I mean, who would would have ever thought you'd hear Bon Jovi on country radio, you know, with Sugarland? Yeah, I mean, it, it just, I mean, I think it's great. I think it does nothing but expand the genre and bring in new fans. And, you know, because I'm sure there's people that Bon Jovi fans that were like, I hate country music, you know, and then, you know, and they heard on there that she, they turned it on. They're like, dang on, man. Who's, who's Eric church. That's good. I like that. You know? So right. I think it does nothing but expand the brand and, and make it great. And, uh, you know, the thing that bugs me is that like, you know, nobody likes to be put in a box, but it's like when we first came on, cause we came in at the tail end of the boy band thing, you know, so everybody was like, Oh, another boy band trying to do something in country music. Now it's coming over here. So, you know, we've kind of proven all that stuff wrong. And, you know, uh, but the thing that bugs me is like, you know, that's always bugged me about country music is that, that people going, well, that's, that's not country enough. Well, there's, well, that's not real country. That's not, you know, but you never hear that in like rock and stuff. Well, that ain't rock and roll. You know, that's, that, that is, I mean, could you imagine like hearing Def Leppard going, that is too rock. that is way too rock for me you know like like yeah i've heard people say you know and i've probably been with you know uh, guilty of being like well metallica old metallica i'll rock out to but anything from the black album on they jumped the shark for me and it wasn't it wasn't metallica enough for me you know it's yeah yeah, yeah. i've probably have said stuff like that speaking of metallica and speaking of that's too rock is it true when you're in Ohio and you're being told that, hey, man, you can sing, are you really the lead singer of an ACDC cover band? And if so, Gary LaVox, is it Bon Scott songs or is it Brian Johnson? And can you still rip in that vocal range an ACDC song that is so, I mean, they're an iconic band, right? Even though a lot of their stuff is sounds a lot the same to me, but I'm a huge ACDC fan. Is it true that you were in an ACDC cover band? No. I don't know where that came from, but I've been getting that recently. So I don't know some, somebody made that up. I mean, I I've done a couple of those songs like in Ohio, but no, I've never had an ACDC cover band. I wonder why, I wonder why, uh, it's, it was told to me and I read it. So it's out there for sure. Oh uh, yeah. I don't know that, you know, it's, it's the world we live in. So with you being able to, I sit- was a neurosurgeon though. I was a neurosurgeon. <laughs> That's completely true. <laughs> so we've learned that you're a good kisser with Jamie Foxx, right. a neurosurgeon, um, I don't, uh, and a lead singer of Rascal Flats. I love how the name came about, but you have kind of cut into a couple of your songs. The first one you've written about the pool barn and the horses and the green. Um, you also sang a little bit of. Do you do that when asked? Do you have the ability to just grab a guitar and sing a song? Do you enjoy fireplace, fire, campfire picking? Or is it so, no, man, that's what I do for a living. I don't like when people just ask me to pick up a guitar and sing a song. That'd be like Chad, me saying, grab a duck call and blow a duck call for the next five minutes. You know, how do you look at like music like that? Bro, I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm singing around here any, all the time anyway. That's I, I do. I sing all the time. So it doesn't, I, I love, I love, you know, campfire picking and doing it. I mean, that's. So would it know. be putting you on the spot to say, Gary, 
we're fast friends, bro. Like we make a lot of jokes to each other. Now we talk a lot of smack already on the text. Like, would you sing us a song with the guitar? Maybe Mayberry, maybe fast cars and freedom. If you say no, I get it, but I have to ask because it's some of the best music around. Well, thanks for, I don't have any guitars up here. They're all down at the, my other place. Oh, yeah. I don't have anything up here. You're gonna have to call somebody. (laughs) Get on that, (laughs) get on, get on that Kawasaki. Yeah. One day, one day I'll have you back, hopefully, and you can do that for us. I should have warned you, you or at least asked you, you to a, prepare. Do you have a Kawasaki deal? <laughs> no. Because you just threw Kawasaki out there. Like That's because I used to race KX80s, but I have a lot of UTVs and ATVs, and I did have a really, really, really strong Yamaha deal for years, and they dropped me three years ago, and I still don't know why. It made me cry several nights in a row. Bro, I'm so sorry, man. It sucked. It sucked. It really yeah. hurt me. It hit me right in the stomach. Like your songs do. Come on, that I don't Yamaha. get to hear, that I don't get to hear today. Well, that's what hurts trip. the most. That's, <laughs> that's truly what hurts the most. <laughs> <laughs> so where do we go from here? We're getting ready to the gospel album's out. <clears throat> I saw on Netflix this movie you're talking about there. It's like right there on the main screen right now. So we can go on there. Liam Neeson's new movie called Ice Roads. Yeah, and my it, my song is the end credit song at the very end. It's called We Got Fight. So can this song be downloaded and streamed right now? Yep, it can. It can be wherever you stream music. It's all out there. Gospel records called one on one singles called or uh, the singles called the distance off my gospel record. The Liam Neeson. You can download the whole entire soundtrack from the ice road. uh, And my song is called We Got Fight. And you have a new solo country album. Yeah. Releasing in the fall of this year? Yeah, or, or first quarter. I'm not sure. Still got to make a few calls. But uh, yeah, it, I think I think it's this probably November-ish. So we should probably not. I mean, I don't chase a lot of big whitetail buck deer munching on clover, Gary LaVox. And I do love to get in the turkey woods. Whitetail buck deer. <laughs> yes, sir. See that? That's what I needed. And then you got yeah. the spring coming. I do want to chase a turkey with you, but I'm thinking with the album dropping in fourth quarter 2021 or first quarter 2022, I'm thinking when you say yes to a duck hunt, come do some campfire picking. We get some social content, get some stuff going to promote the release of this new Gary Lavox country solo album. What do you say? Let's champ? do it, bro. Let's do it. Do you Let's know how to shoot it. a shotgun at moving targets and not just some big fanned out turkey gobbling his head off? I, you know what? I don't, but I'm going to get a simulator and I'm going to practice. <laughs> You're going to go get an old Nintendo with the duck hunt game. <laughs> yes, exactly. The duck hunt. <laughs> All right. Jack Daniels, hot seat, Gary Lavox, rascal flats. If you have a cooler sitting next to you, I don't care what kind, because we are sponsored by Gator and it's full of ice. What adult beverage do you hope to pull out by reaching your hand in that ice? Grapefruit juice. <laughs> So, okay, let's keep it to a beer. Like, I'm going to say a Bud Light seltzer this time of year, whether you judge me or not. But what are you hoping to pull out of that ice? Uh, I'm hoping to pull out a silver bullet. Coors. What? Okay. If you're at the Gary LeVox home bar, what do you pour over ice? Uh, Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels. It would happen to be Jack Daniels. Do you enjoy Jack Daniels, honestly? <coughs> yeah, with yeah, with some of that craft ice. 
<laughs> so you like two fingers on one of those square ice cubes or the big ball of ice? Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know what that. I just saw that commercial. The, but the do you like, do you like Jack Daniels for real, or are you just saying that because it's our title sponsor? Yeah, I do for real. Yeah. Can yeah, I send I you a bottle real. of? Can I send you a bottle out of my new barrel, the Foul Life barrel? Can I please send you one? I'm not worthy of that. Why? Eighteen I, number ones. I know, but out of the barrel. Yeah, you don't stick that big syringe down there and suck it up in there. Come no, on. it's already been bottled and poured, Gary. It's Bro, already been that'd poured. That'd be awesome. I'd be, I'd be honored. Heck yeah. Okay, let's do a trade. Let's do a barter because I come from the land of bartering back here in Vegas, where you always trade your money for a free buffet at the casino. Right? You go and spend right. seven hundred bucks, and they give you a free buffet. What if yeah. maybe you find a Rascal Flats vinyl to sign for me and I trade you for a nice bottle of Jack Daniels custom whiskey? Done. Can we do it? Done. I got them sitting right over there. Oh, man. Is it the new one? Yeah. Greatest hits. Oh, nice. But do you have a do you have the new gospel on vinyl too yet? No, not yet. Not yet. They probably ran out of money. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, fi- we'll figure it out. If... You had to pick one rock band that would be considered an 80s rock band. It can either be the hair band or it can be the rock bands that were, you know, the the Metallicas or the Guns N' Roses. I don't consider those guys hair bands, like the Poisons and the Warrants and the Teslas. Who do you listen to today, if anybody? I'd have to go with Sammy Hagar. The Red oh, you Rocker. mean a band band band? No, he could, yeah. was, it, was it Van Halen when he took over for rock? Yeah, it was Van Halen, yeah. Did you like Van Halen with David Lee Roth too, or were you all Van love, Hagar? I, no, 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 no. I, I, I just, I loved, I, I, I loved uh, Van Halen with David and and Sammy, but I still listen to like Sammy stuff, you know. Too after God. that, so. he he, like to my generation. I'm 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 45 years old. I think that he is one of the most underrated frontmen and just like singers and vocal guys of all time. Sammy Hagar is amazing. Yeah, that yeah, dude can good rip. Stuff. Have you been to his he bar in Cabo? Uh, I have. Have you gotten on stage with Sammy Hagar ever? I have not. I've seen him a few times uh, at some of those things. We've talked about it, and but no, it's always in passing. You know, it's the music thing. Hey, we need to get to. I know. I'll call you Tuesday. <laughs> Perfect. Great. That'll be awesome. I was at a Chesney yeah. concert two times at the same venue you used to play at Tahoe. Chesney would go yeah. up there and Sammy got on. Sammy's got a bar in that casino there. He's got a Cabo Wabo in that casino. And both freaking nights I saw Chesney there two years in a row. He brought Sammy up and they did Can't Drive 55 and freaking some of the hits. It was freaking amazing. That's awesome. But Sammy was not sober. He was lit and it was freaking hilarious. Like he just come out there and just was like, what's up Tahoe? And like, you could just tell. And then they pulled uncle cracker out and that dude couldn't barely walk. And I was like, Oh shit. You know, they were partying backstage together for a minute. Oh yeah. Cracker and I are dear, dear friends. We talk all the time. God, he is freaking awesome, man. I love that dude's personality, dude. I do too. He's got one of the best laughs on planet earth. Hey man, I think that you I think you're a badass, dude, and I truly appreciate you coming on. I think it's so cool to end this conversation that somebody like you could not have an ego and that should teach people 
that I don't give a shit how good you are at anything in life. There's somebody out there that's better. There's somebody out there that's equal. And there's somebody out there that's freaking laying under a freaking Jeep right now in sand to protect our freedoms. And they're the ones that deserve those accolades. And I know that you've played overseas. I know that you yeah. love the military and our police and our blue and our first <laughs> responders. And I just think, Gary Lavox, that it's so badass that you could sit here and do your impressions and tell your stories and laugh and text the things you text to me to a normal duck hunter from Nevada that with all of the shit that you've done in life, man, it's badass to know that there is humility out there and that you deserve to have probably a little bit of an ego with your accomplishments and you freaking don't. That's badass, man. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. And just congrats on all your success. And I can, I can say the same thing about you too. And so it's, uh, you know, it's been an honor and a privilege to be on here and, but just what you said, yeah, there, there, there's somebody better, at, better than you at what you do. Yep. There just is, you know, so surround yourself with good people and, you know, let's build a bridge, not burn it. And I hate, and I, and I will go back to what you said before I let you go, Gary Lavox. I remember hearing people say, he's not country. They're not country. Well, you know what? Oh yeah. I remember when I had my portable toilet company back in 2003 to 2009 and Vince Gill would play the amphitheaters where I did the toilets. I was in there pumping toilets, listening to that man on stage going, it's the same shit people were saying about Vince Gill. He ain't country. Yeah. He's not. And I was like, are you, that dude's one of the baddest ass guitar picking songwriting vocalists of all time, in my opinion. And people actually yeah. said Vince Gill wasn't country too. So it, it's, uh, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you another one that they, they used to say that Merle Haggard was not country. His early they days. Almost, yeah. They almost didn't let him play the play on the opera because he had horns. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Didn't have horn. How do you, and Merle Haggard's the, could you even imagine that didn't even sound right. Does it? He's the countryest. He's the <laughs> yeah. Countryest. They're like, that ain't country. Merle Haggard. He ain't putting <laughs> horns on the Opry stage. Get him out of here. Are you kidding me? That, I wonder if that's what David Allen Coe wrote. If that ain't country. Is that, is he the one that did it? If that ain't country. Yeah. Is that, yeah, they, I wonder, uh, if, he, I wonder yeah. if he did that about Merle. That'd I be played the Grand Ole Opry and yes. I met Johnny Cash. Yeah, that ain't country. I'll kiss you, yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, man, you the man. I'll stay in touch. I'm going to get your address offline here and uh, and um, send that out tomorrow. And then if you could sign a vinyl for me, I would freaking love it. Got it. And then we'll get together. I'm uh, planning right now, and I don't know if you would be interested in this. This might be something that could be freaking unbelievable, Gary Lavox. February 14th through the 22nd, 2022, is the National Wild Turkey Federation's return to Gaylord Opry because we had to skip last year, which was the saddest moment in a lot of us hunters' lives because we love the NWTF and the, what happens. Yep. I put on a party to give back to the Freedom, Hunter, Freedom Hunters and Special Ops Excursion One's based out of Colorado. One's based out of Tennessee. Um, Waddell did it with me last year. That uh, oh, we did have it last year. It was pre-COVID, um, but they did they did not have one in this year. Okay, so we did one right. in 2020. They skipped 2021, but Waddell did it with me last year. We raised a ton of money. Um, Brent Cobb played it, which is one of my good friends and favorite songwriters going right now. Uh, Jamie Johnson did it the year before. I'm wondering if we could get Gary LaVox up on stage for a song or two to raise some money for our troops and our veterans and have some freaking fun if you're in town during NWTF. 
Brother, if I'm in town, I will do it. Absolutely. Dude, I'd that, love would, to. that would be an honor. It's when we do it upstairs. Do you know a name? Um, uh, I don't want to mess it up, but his name's Barrett Hobbs. Do you know that name? He owned- I know Barley. <laughs> I know Barley and Hobbs. <laughs> Barrett Hobbs, H O B B S owns. He, Hobbs. he owns uh he owns the Nashville Palace, the scoreboard, whiskey bit on Broadway, boot uh yeah. bootleggers. So he's a he's a badass and he lets us have the upstairs and we throw a private event up there the Saturday night during NWTF. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'd love to have you up there. Let's talk about that if you're gonna be around and fit. Well, you gotta be at the convention yeah. anyway, dude. It's turkeys. I, I it's know. Turkeys. Sometimes, sometimes I know. Sometimes I do. Sometimes let me hear, I don't. Let me hear your. Let me hear your mouth call. That's it. I don't know how to do That's it. Good. I don't hey, know how to do it. Hey, I'm from Nevada. Say, I'm hey, from Nevada. Here, yeah. Look, hold on a sec. Look here. This was this was out in uh. Just a my daughter brought this up the other day. She's like, "Hey, look at that." Piece of slate that I found, and it's it's just a regular slate that was in the creek. Wow, that's just that's just a slate rock. Yeah, that one. She brought it up just because she thought it was cool looking. Do that so is I just like, yeah, it's just. You can purr on it, good. That is so awesome. I love it. And that you know, looks, one of that, those Indians could kill them turkeys. They're under calling them on slate. I wonder if they wonder what they used for the striker, just a, a limb, a tree limb, and shaved it down a little bit. Probably. That was that yeah. was one by our buddy Mark Drury, right? Oh yeah, I'm Marcus Drury. A lot of people don't know that he started with that right there. Mad calls. Yeah, he was like eight time world champion or something. Yeah, he's a badass. I, I, Great family. He's abs. He's absolutely the greatest. And I've hunted with all of them, but Mark Drury is a white tail. He's just a, he's 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 a he's a white tail deer. I mean, he's just Genius. he's unbelievable. That show yeah, he's, he really that show is. he's doing now, and his daughter and his bro. I mean, they are just a great family, a great advocates of this lifestyle. Man, they're just awesome, yeah. awesome yeah, people for sure. All right, I'm going to let you go because uh, we're going to do this again sometime. We're going to hang out. I'm going to come to where you're at. Is that where the turkeys are, where you're sitting right now? Yeah. Oh, I'm coming there. That place looks awesome. Yeah. You, got, you got a big pool yeah, out there or you what? Got, you got a swimming pool or pool a or a pond? You got a pool or a pond. A pond would be good for you. Pond, yeah, I got a pond. <laughs> I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't feel like cleaning a pool out here. Of course, my kids want them all the time. But, of course, the pool at our main, our main house – they, they, ain't, they ain't been in it in two years, but they want one out here. Is it in Nashville or Brentwood or what? Yeah, Brentwood. Yep. Oh god, I love that place. I, I did a I did a fundraiser with some musicians there uh, on uh, April second at. Oh man, now it's skipping my mind. What's the name of that distillery out there? Uh, in Brentwood. In Brentwood. Right next to it. It's a different town. Frogger's uh, Leap. Frogger's uh, Le- Leapers Fork. Leapers Fork, yeah. That distillery's slick, man. That place yeah. is beautiful. Yeah, we had we had yeah. Riley Green and Leith Lofton and Tim Montana, a bunch of guys out there. We did a we raised some money for Drake White's wife. Do you know Drake White? His music? 
Yeah, I do. Yeah, Drake's wife, uh, she's having a bout with diabetes, so we raised some money for it that night. Wow. It was an awesome event. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. All right, brother. It looks like you're dressed to play basketball or work out, so I'll let you go so you can get your sweat on or your layups or your game of horse or whatever. I, I'm i not a good basketball player, so. I'm no, I was going to go get my, my, my cornhole on. <laughs> Stretch this morning. <laughs> You know, you know who's the younger version of Gary Lavox right now in Nashville, and you can look this Ooh. up. Fuck, uh, freaking Travis Denning. Oh, he, really? He is the younger. He his personality is yours to a freaking T. I'm telling you, wa <laughs> watch some of that social media. He's got a, a a little show I think on YouTube or Instagram or something. It's called Travis Denning and Friends. He went and worked out with Kit Moore. And literally, yeah. Kit Moore's like just like a Greek god, you know. And Travis yeah. Denning gets in there; he can't do. He's trying to do a pull up, and just the stuff that comes out of his mouth reminds me so much of the way you talk. You guys are like, I'm gonna, too, I'm gonna have to hook up with Travis, dude. He's a great dude, man, and he's freaking hilarious, hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. All right, brother, that's Gary hey, Lavox. What's that? Hey, tell her, tell everybody to go follow me on all my socials. I need to get my Instagram numbers up. Okay, tell me where. Tell them what is it right now? At Gary Lavox. Uh, yeah, at Gary Lavox on everything: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. You're on TikTok, huh? You're a TikToker. Kit Kat TikTok. Give me a break! Give me a break! Give me a break! Oh, right. you know what one of the coolest things I, I ever did got to do was huh. in the flats thing. That it's another one of those moments where you kind of sit there and you're just like, what am I doing? I can't, but what am, did this just happen? Was we wrote, we had to write verses for it, but I actually got to sing the best part of waking up is folders in your car. <laughs> it was on for a whole year. I was like, uh, I made it. I made it. I made it. Hey, my look, I made it. Hey, <laughs> hey. Dude, I, I, I hope. I don't remember every time I saw you with Flats, this comedy side. I hope in this solo career that you incorporate some of this storytelling, funny-ass personality in your stage set because it's awesome. You got to have Jamie Foxx out there playing the piano and you doing a freaking song. Maybe you and yeah. him could do like Seven Spanish Angels and he could do Ray's part. You could do Willie's part. Or you guys do the song you did together. Like th this this, this is going to be a badass tour. I can't wait to come out and see a show. You got to let us know soon when it's coming out. I will. I'll give you all the dates and come out and watch us do Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> Go together in perfect, perfect harmony. Wait, was that Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney? Ebony was, and I. Yeah, Stevie Wonder. Oh, wasn't Stevie it? Wonder. Yeah, Paul McCartney yeah. and Michael Jackson were. Uh, She's mine. Remember that song on Thriller? Yeah, She's oh, mine. Yeah. Oh, that's a badass song, boy. I'm oh, a huge yeah. hey, I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. I ain't afraid to admit it. I am a big Michael Jackson fan. Bro, always was, he, always he will be. He bought Neverland off of all the money I spent on the parachute pants. <laughs> I had every color that unzipped into every color. I mean the whole I mean oh, everyone changed my life. Everyone, I had the jacket. I had I had going to Miss Osgood's third grade class. I would be carrying remember the single subject folders where you'd open it up and it'd have a pocket on each side? I every oh, yeah. one of mine were Michael with the tiger. Michael's sitting there and he had like a orange vest over his little white t-shirt and he just looked so great right there. <laughs> then one with the glove on from the Beat It video and then the Billy Jean video moonwalking and shit. I dude, I oh, still yeah. you walk into my studio, it's pretty 
Prince album covers, Michael Jackson stuff. Like it's just I I love that freaking music, man. Love Me it. too. Me too. All right, at Gary Lavox on all social media. I'm gonna put out a little blurb today on ours and have people go follow Gary Lavox. I hope you do some videos on there that are funny as shit because you're funny as hell. You guys, girls, thanks for listening. This life ain't for everybody. Are you? Do you? I ask every musician this, and again, you can tell me no. But um, do you know who Jack Ingram is? Country uh, Texas music. Yeah. Okay, Jack. Absolutely. Jack was on the day before yesterday, and he freaking killed it. But he grabbed his guitar and sang us out. But since you can't do that, are we allowed to use anything that's out there to play this out publishing right? Because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Do you own anything that I could put on here and say, hey, you know, we're going out with this song? Uh I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I own parts of everything, but I I don't know. I don't know how the publishing world works. All I know is, yeah, I don't know. Should I risk it and then me and you beg for forgiveness later or what? Yeah. Well, you wrote Fast Cars and Freedoms. Can I just risk it and see if something says? Yeah, let's go. This is Gary LaVox and Rascal Flatts, my favorite song they ever did, which there's a lot of them. Fast Cars and Freedom. I freaking love this song. Gary, thank you, my brother. Thank you all so much for the subscriptions and downloads. You are freaking awesome, man. I can't wait to see you live. Yeah, I can't wait to see you, buddy. Can't wait to hang. We'll get on a hunt. Thank you, Gary LaVox. Thank you all so much for the subscriptions, the downloads. We'll be right back with another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Again, this is Gary LaVox and Rascal Flats. Fast Cars and Freedoms. (laughs) 